Welcome to FoxCast Physical Therapy, a podcast for clinicians made by clinicians. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Find out more at foxrehab.org. Dr. Dale Avers gave the Carol B. Lewis Lecture on behalf of the Academy of Geriatric Physical Therapists during the APTA's Combined Sections Meeting in February of 2020. Dr. Avers' distinguished lecture explored the past, present, and future of ageism and caring for older adults. She challenged the profession of physical therapy to look to the future and create new approaches that will promote even more desirable aging experiences for older adults around the world. Today on FoxCast PT, we give you the first 15 minutes of her great 90-minute lecture. Take a listen to it, and if you'd like the rest, follow the link to the show notes in this episode to see and hear the full 90-minute Carol B. Lewis lecture delivered by Dr. Dale Avers. It's available for you at foxrehab.org. Special thanks to the Academy of Geriatric Physical Therapists for allowing us access to this inspiring event. Thank you so much. Good morning. I want to share a little story about an encounter that I had recently. At the end of a meeting with my attorney, he told me his fiancée is a physical therapist, having graduated in 2016. He then asked me, do you think physical therapists will ever get the respect they deserve? And along with that, the salary and the payment. Wow. He might as well have asked me, do physical therapists provide value that is recognized or meaningful? What would you say? I'm passionate about the potential for our profession, as much now after 40 plus years as when I entered physical therapy school. But have we realized our potential? I would say not. Do we demonstrate value? Not as consistently as we could. I have recently become aware of the reluctance of newly graduated and younger therapists not using their earned title doctor. How many of you routinely use it as part of your patient care? And if you don't, can you say why? When I ask that question, the two most common reasons I'm given is a lack of cultural support, and they don't want to appear better than clinicians without their DPT who may have more experience than they do. It seems our blue personalities, that part of us that doesn't like confrontation and wants everyone to feel good, may be getting in our way. And yet, we seem to have no issues with asserting our board certification. Why? I would suggest that maybe any reluctance to fully embrace the title doctor is perhaps lower confidence in the potential of physical therapy. Do you practice in a way that demonstrates a passion and belief in the value of physical therapy in a way that communicates that what you do really makes a difference? And what is value? The dictionary defines value as the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. See, now I'm forgetting to do my slides. Here we go. There we go. My adrenaline is really high. It'll settle down. 
CMS defines value-based care as care linked to outcomes and the patient's experience of care. Do we have the personal confidence that physical therapy in general or our individual care specifically provides value? Perhaps many of you feel like you're still growing into your doctor title and not wholly confident of the value of physical therapy and what it can provide our patients and to society. That is what I want to talk about today. But first, let me say it is one of my greatest honors to be chosen as the second Carol B. Lewis Distinguished Lecturer for the Academy of Geriatric Physical Therapy. I thank the Academy's leadership for having the faith in me that I will deliver a meaningful lecture, we'll see. And I'd like to acknowledge the many students, educators, and clinicians with which I've had the privilege to teach and to interact. I would not be here today without your encouragement and support. And I especially want to thank some folks that have had a special significance in my professional life. Without question, Carol Lewis, Dr. Lewis, has been one of my most influential mentors. Where is Carol? There she is. Oh, sitting way back in the middle. We started, the, we started in the academy within a couple of years of each other, and so I got to know her very early in the academy's history. She brought enthusiasm and passion to her teaching and her positivity to improve the lives of older adults resonated with me. She was such a natural, charismatic leader, some of you will remember the hats, that I felt compelled to follow her. She passionately and expertly shared evidence that focused the practice of physical therapy on what could really make a difference to the individual. Thank you, Carol for providing the example and inspiration for me and for so many others to serve older adults with excellence and pride. I would also like to thank three other influential mentors, Rita Wong, Mary Beth Brown, and Andrew Guccione. They have taught me so much from our first meeting writing questions for the first GCS exam to collaborating on two editions of two books. They are all great models of aging and their friendship means everything to me. Unfortunately, Rita and Mary Beth are uh, not here because of family illnesses and so I just ask for your best wishes and prayers. However, the person who inspires me the most is my mother, who has given me the great honor of being here. My mother is a kind, intelligent, and gifted educator and leader, and I'm proud to be her daughter. She is also a terrific example of exemplary aging. Ironically, her inspiration for how she is aging comes from how she didn't want to age. Her mother, my grandmother, was not a fan of physical activity. <laughs> As a con that's the understatement. As a consequence, although she lived to be almost 100, she was bedridden the last years of her life. Mom was determined to age differently, and indeed she has. Starting with walking in the mall during her 60s and transitioning to using a treadmill for weather reasons around the age of 80, she has engaged in daily physical exercise. She walks on her treadmill at a pace of 4.8 meters per, uh, miles per hour for 30 minutes. Most people in this room will automatically know that's 1.79 meters per second. 
and engages in body weight strengthening, holding a plank for two minutes. Performing lunges better than I do. Achieving 15 sit-to-stands in 30 seconds, and now includes tricep dips, half Turkish get-ups, and push-ups. This is at the age of 89 and a half years old. She also teaches an exercise class. My biggest issue is she has set the bar so high, <laughs> she's making my aging more difficult. Mom, I love you and admire you so much. Please stand up and be recognized. She did stand up without using her arms, too. <laughs> this is undoubtedly the most daunting talk I've ever done. To deliver a 90-minute, for the record, 90 minutes was not my idea, but true to my nature, I have filled every minute, lecture that shares a bit of my journey and then something profound enough to change, nudge, and stimulate your own journey. But let me begin. My earliest view of aging was influenced by my grandparents, who fortunately were all healthy well into their very old age. Growing up, I didn't see disability or decline, and I think this helped me avoid a fear or distaste for older people. Geriatric physical therapy wasn't something you went into when I was in physical therapy school at the University of Kentucky, but my first job was in a nursing home, I'll bet, unintentionally. They just paid really well. However, I learned so much there, working as the only therapist and under a visionary nursing home administrator. But it didn't take me long to recognize there wasn't much joy in the place, in spite of all the efforts that were being made. And we spent a lot of time talking about reasons for the climate of long-term care. I even got my nursing home administrator's license, thinking that might be a pathway of changing the culture. I think the question that started that first job and has stayed with me is, why are these people here? No one seemed to want to be here, so what happened? That basic question has driven my professional practice. I wanted to help older individuals avoid nursing homes and to educate physical therapists and students to have higher expectations than dragging someone down the hall. Now we push them on rolling walkers. Then after 15 years of clinical practice, I was encouraged to have more influence on other therapists and turned a corner into academia where my goal has been to change practice for the better. I suppose the goal of changing practice for the better is similar to my desire to facilitate successful aging for every older adult. But what is successful aging? It is a complex topic with no clear definition and a lot of critics that rightfully poke holes into any definition. So to avoid that controversy, I'm going to use the term intentional aging, a deliberate way of making decisions about how one wants to age, of adapting in positive ways to the changing that aging brings. Yet so many older folks are passive about their aging. 
I think the opportunity for us to engage in a proactive approach to facilitate and support intentional aging is immense. And I want to share some ideas about how physical therapists can do that. I also want to share a bit about shifting paradigms of practice, which can enhance or undermine intentional aging. And then finally, I'm going to talk about a few things, okay, might be more than a few things, that we can do better. My students will call those my soapboxes, that can make our practice better and that demonstrates the value of our profession. The objectives for this lecture are here. And I have no conflicts of interest in giving this lecture other than Carol has graciously taking me out to dinner tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> we have an image problem in geriatrics. That image is too often the perspective of a decline and decay as aging. Most of us are aware of the most negative reactions generated when aging is mentioned. For fun, I made a list of all the words used to describe aging that began with D. I was a little surprised. I kept going. I went, oh my goodness. Just look at them. Aging is often used as an excuse, I'm just getting old, or a negative prophecy, I won't be able to do stairs someday. As an active physical therapist, I am frequently struck by these views, as if they have nothing to do with that outcome. Aging seems to be something folks just let happen without a lot of thought. Yet most of the health problems of older age are exacerbated by inactivity and deconditioning, intentional factors. In fact, depending on the source, 60 to 70% of a person's health is due to factors that we can influence, if not control, such as social, behavioral, and environmental factors at any age. That means the decisions we make, whether they are active or passive decisions, have enormous influence on our health, especially in the fourth age, and how our fourth age will look when the end of life is near, says geriatrician Louise Aronson in her book, Elderhood. I love visiting my mom at her retirement living complex. For lots of reasons, that was a surprise. For lots of reasons, but especially because of all I learn, I love being there. We have the best talks about aging and how and why different people age. Aging has so many faces, so many presentations, and I can't help but wonder what accounts for the differences. The more time I spend as a visitor, the more I believe aging intentionally comes down to attitude, an attitude of perseverance or an attitude of giving in and giving up. My mother shared an insight that perhaps the folks we see in assisted living and retirement centers who seem to be aging passively and becoming increasingly frail expend the effort and work, such as exercising and being physically active, uh, that was necessary to stay in their homes. So that's when they did it, when they were living at home. But then that event happens, a spouse dies, an illness occurs that makes it impossible to stay. And they make the huge transition to a more protected lifestyle that reflects the acceptance of gradual and increasing dependency. This acceptance often does not include exercise and, a largely and promotes a largely sedentary existence. Her insight aligns with the lived experience of elders that indicates as long as they're actively engaged in the process of living, of fighting against the desire to give up and give in, they do not believe they are frail, despite any physical characteristics. 
If this is so, it means as physical therapists, we need to adjust expectations to make sure they are reflective of the older person's expectations and that we enhance their capacity where they choose to be. The adaptation to some form of dependency also means we need to encourage the building of reserve in the third year age, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, to prepare and support for the fourth age when the physical and cognitive reflections of age become more obvious. Much of how we age is a choice, is intentional. Living intentionally and having purpose, whether it's engaging in exercise, socialization, volunteerism, projects, business, etc., or, as may be for some, adapting to limitations in capacity seems to be the critical factor in aging successfully. That's the first 15 minutes of the Carol B. Lewis lecture delivered by Dr. Dale Avers at the APTA's Combined Sections meeting in February of 2020. It's brought to you by the Academy of Geriatric Physical Therapists. To see and hear the full 90-minute lecture, follow the link in the show notes of this episode or visit foxrehab.org. Thanks for listening to FoxCast PT. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Fox clinicians work hard, love their work, and get the respect they deserve. Sound good? Then you'll love the autonomy to work in your own style and the support you get to achieve excellence. Plus, freedom and flexibility to have a personal life. Whether it's your first day or you've been around for a while, your contribution is acknowledged and rewarded. That's what makes Fox a success. Happy, well-trained clinicians make great healthcare. Are you a fit for Fox? Find out now at foxrehab.org.